0: Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's going to be Fordham head coach Stephanie Gately. Coach Gately, one of the most successful coaches still out there right now, over 600 career wins to her name. She's uh, done it at a level that it's hard to do it at. I mean, she's done it obviously at Fordham, but she's done it at Monmouth, at St. Joe's, at LIU Brooklyn, at Richmond, and uh, she's just got a long story career, and her teams are tough, they're defensive minded. They're just, they're a tough out. Yeah. They made it to the tournament a year ago, this year, won 21 games and, uh, yeah, she's phenomenal. So a great storyteller too. So I look forward to, uh, letting her just kind of go off, uh, and just share some of her stuff with us, but, uh, a great person, uh, a great coach. I'm really happy to have her on. So we'll get her on the phone right now and we'll be right back. This is the jump around. welcome back to the jump around and joining me it is Fordham head coach Stephanie Gatley coach greatly appreciative of you taking some time for me I've been looking forward to having you on and I'm I'm glad we were able to connect and make it happen
1: oh my god always a pleasure Blake I love talking it up with you and you know checking in see how Carly and Mike and Nancy and the whole
0: gang is doing so uh, i'm excited to be with you today yes you 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 coach my wife carly and we will get into that later i will i will demand a carly story at some point um so <laughs> i might end up sleeping on the couch but uh, what you gonna do <laughs> so uh but before we get into to your coaching i want to go back to your playing days um you're from jersey uh ocean city high school and you guys won 100 straight games and that's pretty good Right, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hundred straight games. Uh, <laughs> what would, I mean, I can't even imagine. You know, I'm, you know, first year coach. I'm trying to win two in a row, coach. I don't know how you win. A, how do you win hundred games in a row? Well,
1: you know, it's funny. The, the program started. I'm one of eight, so there's six girls. So the high school program started with my one sister, and so when I got there, the street skate obviously been been going. And my senior year, I'll never forget it because we were at our, we're at the hundredth game. We're on the road against a good team. There's a team that had two kids um that were division one players. Um, and they were probably the ones that had the best chance to knock us off and we're down six in the third quarter. And I, I can't say on air what I said, but I remember they they got to the foul or something and I'm like, looked around, we've got a box up mm, out. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, basically I looked over and I saw my little Italian coach who I love um, and I'm just thinking, there's no way in hell I am losing the hundredth game on her watch. There's no freaking <laughs> way. So we willed ourselves to that victory. Had a big party at my house afterwards, you know, and <laughs> a big sleepover with the team.
0: Uh, it's fun. It's funny. Those little extra motivations sometimes. We're like, no, 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 not on my watch. that's great oh man well you go on to to play collegially at villanova and your sister courtney joins you there and then your other sister coco goes to play at fdu and you guys have the uh distinction of first time in ncaa history three sisters played in the same game what what was that experience like and how much trash talking was going on oh god it was
1: awesome i mean (laughs) the best was uh you know fairly i think at that time was you know Kind of just starting off, so we we were nationally ranked. Our senior, my senior court, he was a junior, and I was a senior. And uh, and my mom and dad, I'll never forget it. Like there was actually, my uncle lived in in California, and the Associated Press did a picture like of my dad throwing the ball up, you know, to start the game, just as obviously a publicity stunt. And it got you know sent all across the board, and my uncle saw it in California. They they ran with it, and. I'll um, never forget. Like they they put the you know the five of us together, mom, dad, and the three sisters, and it was like a tug of war type thing. And so during that game, um, Coco and I are guarding each other. And Coco was my maid of honor. We're all really close, but Coco was my maid of honor. I live like five minutes from her in New York. And so the game is decided. We're up like twenty something. So we're guarding each other. I'm like, I right, like you score, if you let me score. it was <laughs> 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 <So, yeah. laughs> more of that kind of stuff. It was more of that than the actual like you know craft talking or you know trash talk and it was just like hey let's have me help each other out here that's
0: fantastic (laughs) Ah, that's so good i it's so funny because uh you you look back at your time and you're playing at nova you're playing for harry paretta and then here we are in 2020 and harry paretta still here like just just the never-ending man that is just still existing (laughs) uh obviously retiring now but uh, I mean, if you have any Harry predator stories you want to share, I'm be happy to, to take any of those. But um, you you go back to all those years ago, and it's just it's remarkable the longevity of the guy. Has I know you obviously still you still know him, you still interact with him on the recruiting trails and all that. Has have you seen any change in him, or is that has he been that way the, the whole time? Well, you know, it's funny like,
1: you know, kids, kids have changed. You know, like, a, lot, a lot of kids have changed. I mean, Harry actually. Was a lot tougher when we were younger. I mean, just because back then, I mean, the stuff that not like it was inappropriate, but the stuff that maybe happened back then probably you'd be out of a job now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. nothing's bad, but it's just you know everybody's very sensitive to everything these days. And so, um, you know, the one thing I really took from Harry was he really cared about us, like. He he had a caring person. He was a yeller, you know. He he was. He, I mean, it was more of like direct, like pass the ball here, pass it here, and like, hey, I got you a great shot, right? You know. And I love that he he knew the game, like he really knew the game, and that's probably his, was his biggest strength. Is just he really knew the extras and those, and he totally trusted in him. But um, I'll never forget one story with Harry. I was we were playing. Ironically enough, we were up in Providence, and how weird is this? We actually took the bus with St. Joe's, you know, who would have ever think of that today, you know, right? <laughs> so there was like a tournament in Rhode Island, at Providence, and Joe Mulaney was the coach of Pro- Providence at the time, yeah. so that's even weird, too, now that <laughs> they were assistants, you know, he was his assistant for so long, but um, so Harry is notorious for his uh, his gambling on the dogs and the horses, so my friend Sandy, who was also at my wedding, she was a freshman at the time, and, we go to the, you know, the dog races with them in Providence and we're sitting there and anybody that knows me knows that I, you know, food is something I love. I love to eat, so Harry goes, hey, you guys better start cheering because I, I put all the meat on my own, smoke them, candy. So Sandy <laughs> and I were like the biggest cheerleaders, like, come on, let's move Sandy! Let's go, baby! Smoke Sandy plate, so we were very happy. <laughs>
0: oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, add that to the list of things that would never happen now either. Uh oh my God, absolutely. So good. That's so good. 100%. Well, yeah. he um obviously he, he made an impact on you. You you get into coaching and you become a head coach at twenty five years old, which just sounds absolutely terrifying. Uh you get The head job at Richmond, uh, you end up staying there six years, have a ton of success, win 116 games, go to two tournaments, uh, 20-plus wins starting that third year all the way through. Um, None of us know what we're doing. I I still contest that none of us know what we're doing, right? But uh, at that first spot at such a young age, I imagine you really, really didn't know. Uh, but what what <laughs> what was the experience like in those first years? And then you know, starting year three, obviously you guys were were rolling. How how did that work? I mean, how did you you handle taking that thing and figuring it out pretty quickly? Oh
1: my god, I just laugh when I think about it now because every time I go back, because Richmond is now at that point they were in the CAA, but now they're in the last half of the week we go back there every other year and I see my AD, my, my female, you know, women's AD has retired, but we, we stayed very close and I was super intimidated by her. Like, and one of the, one of the stories I'm going to share in one of my uh, things on Twitter, but it is um, one of my most embarrassing stories when I start off to kind of kick off my career there. So I get the job in August and it's her birthday, so they're doing like this all big office party in the athletic department. So I rush to the mall and Get her one of those big chocolate chip cookies, you know, put her name on it and all excited, thinking, oh, that's a nice touch, you know, come back in. So rushed. I, I just put the, you know, I put the box on the table, and I'm like, I'm oh, just a little something. And she, she opens it up, and it says, happy birthday, Stephanie. I forgot to look. I thought, I like, you know, I, her name is Ruth. And I'm like, I was <laughs> like, never even looked at it. I felt like the biggest idiot uh. in the room. Didn't really know anybody yet. Those first two weeks in it, I'm like, <laughs> I never thought well talk about attention to detail. That was a big lesson. <laughs> so I get that when I interviewed for the job, interesting enough, you know, Dick Tarrant was the men's coach and my husband played, uh, I think college ball at Albright with his son. So we, we had a connection. And some of my players that I did student teach, teaching with at our sister, Carol in Philly, she's the one that called me to tell me the job opened, And she said, you know, you got an interview for it. It was part time and it was going full time. And, uh, when I got there, you know, when I interviewed, they're like, well, you're young. Why should we hire you? I'm like, well, Bobby Knight got his first job at 25. Why shouldn't should I, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I... And I also had my master's, which I think separated me from all the other candidates. I think I was the the candidate <laughs> I had my master's. I will tell you ton of mistakes. ton of mistakes. I, I mean, I will tell young coaches now, less is more. You know, like, I try to do too many different things, and mm-hmm. what's very good is, any of them and you know it's just you know you're young and you're just inexperienced and you're trying to find your way I'll never forget at my first like conference meeting oh my god I had no idea when I took the schedule when I was making the schedule I must have had the men's schedule so I was coordinating my schedule according to that and when I get to the meeting I realize I have the total opposite schedule of everybody I made my schedule according to completely wrong thing and had a completely changed. she left and I just broke down and cried. I'm just like, oh my God, it's just such a mess. And <laughs> Debbie Ryan at the time was the UD coach and she had coached Don Bailey and Tammy Reese and all them. And I remember looking at the schedule of the young coach saying, oh my God, oh my God, looking ahead, we're going to, you know, we started off whatever, 0 and 8. So I'm like, we're never going to win that game, we're never going to win that game. We kept looking ahead and, and she gave me great advice. She said, you got to take it one day at a time. And that's what I did. And we just, Slowly but surely build it. And Richmond was an easy sell. My youngest son is now a student there and on the men's team And um, but I will tell you a lot a lot of mistakes that I look back on now that I can share with young coaches and say, you know, hopefully you can learn from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, hey, one of the first one of the first things I did when I when I got my head coaching job was I texted you and said, Hey, can I call you? You know. So I appreciate you doing that for me. Um but after six years at Richmond, you, you go to St. Joe's, 10 years, you you win almost 200 games, you go to five NCAA tournaments, um, then you go to LIU Brooklyn, six years, almost 100 games, uh, you win 20-plus wins those last two years, you go to Monmouth, 57 wins in three years, and you get 23 wins at year three, it seems like this there's this trend of Year three, year three is when a Stephanie Gately program starts really humming along. Uh, is I, I just, you look at it, obviously it's, it's culture, right? Which we always say, but it's recruiting ultimately, right? Because if we don't have good players, we don't win games. Uh, how, how do you approach when, when you go into these new situations? How do you approach your recruiting where that's happening? Where year three, almost every single time, you guys are good. Uh, how how are you able to do that?
1: Well, I mean, I think I go back to well like you. You always know, say that the, the player reflects the coach, right? And I'm like, I was never super talented. I mean, I had a good college career, but it wasn't because I could run real fast or jump real high. It was just what one thing I could control was I could outwork you, and so that was that's what I could do. And so from recruiting, I mean, it's funny. I left now. One of my uh, One of my players who came with me from Richmond to St. Joe's is the associate head coach directly now. She, um, the one year when we were on recruiting, I think it was while we were getting to, like you said, to year three, did 25 in-home visits, like sometimes three in one day. And I never forget walking into her house. She was the only kid we got in that whole class. And I walk in, she's the last visit of the 25, and I walk in. I'm like, oh, my God, she's got this big-ass bow in her hair. Like, I mean, life-size bow, bow on steroids. And I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, my God, she's got to be really soft. You know, like, you, you just make all these assumptions, yeah. you know. And, and I'm like, oh, God. And, and, you know, ironically enough, she ends up being one of my toughest kids, one of the best players I've ever coached, in. um Helped it was a big part of the reasons why we were able to turn around, you know, you know, turn around the Richmond program. And I have to sense it's at St. Joe's program, but... I got to be honest, Blake, like, people often ask, like, how do you win? Of course. I mean, I'm, I'd be naive. I didn't say recruiting is obviously a big part of it. But I will tell you, I think the number one reason why the team's win is how you treat people. How you treat people in all facets. I mean, caring about them, getting them to believe, um, making them hate to lose, like, the biggest thing, I think, in taking the pressure that i had never won. Now, I didn't know this at Richmond because I had a really good mentor, who's actually Harry Fred, is high school coach, um, that helped me through those early days. And he's on the gut. me being transfer from Delaware to Villanova because he, he had coached Harry. And it, you know, he taught me a great deal, but I just, I learned. I, I, I watched my high school coach, obviously, and then Harry, and then Jim Foster, who I worked under at St. Joe's. I, I was fortunate to have a lot of great people. Kathy Rush, I, I sat down with her, you know, she's she's somebody that's in the Hall of Fame. and there's just so many people, Mike Flynn. you know, I remember talking to him about stuff. So there's just so many people, you know, that you share ideas and share things with, but recruiting is part of it. Getting kids to believe in your vision and, you know, absolutely culture. I mean, that, that gets thrown around very freely, but hundred percent, like I've had a lot of people come in and watch our practices this year in particular. And like our, 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 practices are very high energy. And like, how do you do it? Like, if there's one thing I need to know, there's, we don't come close to the energy your practices have. And even had an official come up to me and said, like, just the way our kids are in warm-ups and everything. And I'm like, you get what you demand. Mm. You get what you demand. You know, like, if you're okay with it being blocked, I'll never forget Harry saying something to me. I don't know what year it was. It was the net meet It was the team. During warm-ups, like, half people were clapping, half weren't goes, You're either all in or or nothing. You either all clap or nobody claps. So, you know, these are different lessons I kind of learned along the path. But I had to say the number one thing to being successful was how I treated people.
0: That's good. With some of the success you've had, especially um, at I mean, you kind of you're kind of in that mid to high mid major level kind of throughout your career. But um, you were really one of the first people at that level to really um, use international recruiting and really put an emphasis like you you now, obviously, everybody does it. It's the thing. But you were you were ahead of the curve there. Uh, what, what went into that? How, how were you able, why did you, um, kind of go that route, which turned into some success for you?
1: Well, you know, I gotta be honest, I gotta throw a props out to my husband because I really kind of went kicking and screaming into that route and not because <laughs> I felt like I was taking an opportunity away from a domestic kid, but only because it's just, it's not a lot of work. I mean, developing those relationships, you got to go, I, I don't like to travel. I, I really don't. I don't like to go overseas. I'm, I'm not from it. Not that I'm afraid of flying, but, um, so, like, I knew what was going to go into that. There was going to be having to cultivate relationships, and obviously, there has been peace with my last couple of players from Fiji and New Zealand, so obviously, I have to make those trips, but, um, the, I, I went kicking the stream into it, but once I went into it, uh, Yana Lissnerova was my player of the year, and I want to say, 1997, and, um, my own and at that point, Yana, up until Brie Haven all this year, all my players of the year, I've had three players here, have all been international kids. Um and so and I had one exception, Katie Curry, who I inherited when I took the job. So I just found like a Yana Lisarova who got drafted in the third round, I think I lied to Minnesota, but um she if she was over here in the AAU, you know, in all those all those different tournaments I would have no shot at her. So when we got into it, it was before big computer and social media, and really nobody knew about it. Mm -hmm. And so we are able to steal kids that we would have no shot over here getting. And so they were able to propel us, I mean, into new territory. I mean, Yana, I mean, we beat Stanford by 25 at home, and Yana had like 25. You know, like, so then Sue Morin came in from Ireland, player of the year, and then... Val Naina, who is arguably the best player of have ever coached. I mean, my first, her freshman year at Long Island, she was not just rookie of the year, she was player of the year. And when I left to take the mama job, she played for for Dawn. And I remember Dawn and Lisa Boyer sending me, like, a big fruit best next, next year when they started the season because her and another kid, Lakeisha Sutton, who was supposed to come play for me as an incoming freshman. They both went to South Carolina and both started for the SEC, not the NEC, the SEC, um, <laughs> and Val ended up being the fifth leading scorer in the SEC that year. Um, <laughs> so we were able to find hidden gems that nobody could find that kind of put us over the top.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, when you are, were at Monmouth, let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and get get Blake in trouble. Um, you're at Monmouth <laughs> for three years and. Uh, you you did coach Carly, my wife, for people who don't know. Um, if if you have any good stories that you could share about her or that time, it would be appreciated.
1: Well, it's funny. When Carly came in, Mike, I think, was with the Olympic team that summer. And so it was a fall, really late fall, going into Carly's senior year, which nowadays is considered late. And we had already had six commitments. So when her, her AAU coach had asked me about Carly, I said, listen, I know you're talking about it. Just we've already signed like five, bar. you know. We we have got six kids signed, or committed. And I had I think one or two more scholarships left. So Nancy and and Mike visit. You know, we have a really great visit. fell in love with them, fell in love with Carly, and we had like a kickball game that day, and everything just kind of meshed. Well, loved her. It just I, I was just like I don't know what to do because I really don't have I don't have a lot of wiggle room because you know five of the six kids I had signed regards or whatever so um Mike calls me and he just I think he was overseas at the time and he said listen Carly loves mom that's really I mean that's that's where she really wants to go and I explained my um situation and he's just like I'm just telling you, if you don't take it she's going back to haunt you and I'm like and, you know, I'm sitting in all these words right, and I'm like then I talked to Carly and I'm explaining to her I'm like you know Carly I'm just in a tough situation where I go she goes I will do anything, I will, be, you know, she just, I'm like, you had me at freaking hello, you had me at hello, mm-hmm. like she just sold herself so well that I thought a kid with this much passion and desire to whether it's go to mama or to play for me or a combination or whatever it is, I'm thinking, I'm taking her, I'm taking her, you know, and I'll never look back, I mean, she, you know, mm-hmm. quintessential coach's kid and just great kid and will be a great head coach and obviously a great wife, great partner, but um, was a great addition to the program, and I, I was super thankful that it worked out that way.
0: Yeah, she, uh, yeah, she can still shoot it, and she's happy to to tell me that all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah, we, yes. we,
1: we do a lot of shooting together, and I do a lot of rebounding for her. But you know, she just uh, it was like having another coach on the court, you know, and that's what I loved about it. It was that like she she really like again, she was similar to me in that she wasn't super fast or couldn't jump for high, so she, you know. Casting the eye test, maybe not, but mm. because she owned a skill with the shooting and because she really had a great IQ of the game, like there was always going to be minutes for her and always going to be a great spot for her on that team.
0: Yeah. She, uh, ultra competitive. We have a, yes. she, now yes. I will, and I will give her credit. She's, you know, she's, She's better at me in most things, but we have a ping pong table in our basement and I, I am better than her definitively. And, uh, <laughs> we, we bought that thing and put it up and we played about four or five times and we haven't played since. So it's, it's kind of funny how that works. So I'm like, oh, okay, hey, I guess, oh guess we won't do this anymore. <laughs> um, you, you take over Fordham after Mammoth. You've, you've now been there nine years you've won 190 games. You've been to two tournaments, um, 20 plus wins and seven of those nine. I mean, you guys have really established yourself as a as a one of the best best mid not even mid major a tens really. I feel like that's like a low high major, but you guys are just consistent and steady, and you're and you just and you do it. However, like this year, I felt like you guys really were able and willing to to score the ball at even a higher rate than usual but those some of those games that get down in the muck and are grimy and in the 50s you guys are like yeah that's fine we don't care we'll do it like uh you guys have just you've just built something really special there um even more so than than your previous stops and you've done it throughout your whole career but uh what is it about Fordham that has uh, you know enabled you just to be there for the long period you have and just to consistently every year, 20 wins competing for championships?
1: Well, I still think it's, you know, you grow through your mistakes. I mean, I mean, you know, just step back for a second. So when I took the job, a lot of my colleagues were, what the hell? I mean, we had started four sophomores at Monmouth. We had it rolling. You know, we were going to contend for the title for the next couple of years. And ironically, the year before I took the Fordham job, we went to the and beat for with they they had like five seniors. We had like one senior, like and uh, like I said, all young kids. Cardi's class was the dominant class, and they were all playing, and um, and a lot of people were like, what are you thinking? And uh, and I just when I went up to visit, I fell in love with the people. Like I just you know I'm Catholic, and I just felt comfortable, and uh, I love the small gym. It's the coolest gym in the nation, and it just. Um, they were committed financially, I felt, and I felt that they were going to give me some legal room with admissions and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm taking kids anyway that are good kids. I'm not going to, you know, I don't play games in the area of academics. I'm really kind of tough in that area, but I could go to the first workout and like, you know, first, you know, workout in spring when I took the job and I swear to God, I, I wanted to go to the first bar at, right afterwards. I'm like, oh, there's going to be a law. There's going to a law. I wanted to get one of those. I mean, I guess Viking fans know there's one of those helmets that you can kind of bugle on put in your mouth right away. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I need a drink. Um, but they were great kids. We were limited. We had a couple solid players, but we were limited. Uh, we had a kid, um, Becky, who was great. She was a, I felt bad that she wasn't able to enjoy and reap the benefits of what we were able to build because... Um, Beck did a great job of kind of setting the tone. She was my only senior. And um, and then we were fortunate to, you know, pick up on a college friend, Aaron Rooney, you know, um, try to entice Carly to come. Obviously, she didn't in stayed. but, um, you know, Aaron came over. And then Val Naima, who's my one of my coaches now, had told me that Mara Strickland was, you know, had a year left at, at, from South Carolina. And so we brought Mara in. And so we were able to kind of, put the pieces together and then we we're able to get Sam Clark with our first top hundred player uh, from Jersey who ironically is getting married this weekend. And n- none of her friends can come um, just because of everything going on. Sure. So um, year two kind of surprised, er- we, surprised everybody, including ourselves. You know, we go to the championship, we lose the championship and then learn from that and win in year three. But it was, um, putting the piece together, but I will tell you, so when we won it in 2014, you know, like everybody, you, you get, people are more familiar now. You've you taken Fordham from never having a winning team in, in the HN to winning, and um, we tried to, you know, expand our recruiting, not necessarily geographically, but just level of kid, and uh, I took some kids that were very talented, but um, in my opinion, looking back, just you know, just had some issues, some red flags, and after that year, I end up throwing both of them off and I end up evaluating recruiting. I sat down with the staff. I said, listen, you know, to, to go back to what you said, obviously you need players. There's no doubt. But I just said, you know, I'm not going to make this. I don't. I won't offer now on the phone, not to visit, because um, you're going to show me your ears. Because everybody now is like, oh, I saw you at the tournament. I want to offer you. Know, I'll pick. I saw you the tournament. I want to offer you, but I'm not going to offer them. Like, visit. Yeah. You know, because I want to see you. You yeah. are, I don't want you to throw it up on Twitter, like, hey, Fordham offered. And, you know, when you haven't even made an effort to be here, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I want a parent or somebody in your family to visit with you because I have found, to be honest, the problem is parents these days. It's, it's, you know, there's a change in generations. There's a change in kids, obviously, but I really think a lot of it falls back to, you know, kind of the the guidance they're getting from their parents and some, in some cases, the coaches, but a lot of cases are parents. And so, um, that has been a big key to our success recently. Obviously we, we have Bree Kavanaugh, who's Player of the Year, but we have great pieces to kind of fill in, and um, we've finished up here 20 class. We're one player away from finishing our 21 class, and um, so it, it's kind of been rolling, and um, I've been fortunate to have a school that financially has committed itself to being successful, which obviously, as you know, is a big, is a big part of it yep. as well.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys had another stellar year this year, winning 21 games, and... Um yeah, no doubt. You guys will continue rolling. A ten's a it's a fun league right now. I mean, it really is. Even those yeah. middle tier, you know, bottom tier teams are are coming up. It's not it's not a yeah. league where you can just roll over anybody. So absolutely, it's fun to watch. Um, you mentioned your youngest son uh, who who's playing right now at Richmond, but all three of your sons uh, have a have a nice little nice little life in basketball. Uh, that's. Uh, Sometimes coaches' kids go the opposite way, but obviously, uh, all three of yours have gone right down that avenue. What's that been like having uh, your two oldest uh, in the business, just like you?
1: Oh my god, it's it's super fun. I mean, I'll never forget my oldest. We were on uh, what year was it? It was I was at LAU coaching LAU, and um, we we needed we were going to the Robert Morris Saint Francis T.A. swing. And we needed one game to clinch regular season. We <laughs> sucked at Robert Morris. Got ask the hand to us and sucked and I was furious in in the locker room and, and, and not because we lost. Because I'm never mad it, just because we lost. I mean and actually Carly dad taught me a good lesson. Like get out of the locker room quick. He, unfortunately I hadn't met him yet, so you know, that didn't come at that point. <laughs> so, um but after that like I learned that lesson. Um so I'm in the locker room, I'm pissed, you know, and I say whatever and um, so I'm on the bus. I'm talking to Dutch, my oldest, and he's like, "Mom, don't lose sight that you still can accomplish your goal. Don't let that let that game go, let it go." And I'm like, "Wow, like that was a wake up call." And um, seeing them grow, up to the third one, the oldest one, seeing him grow, like he originally wanted to go into a college game, so he had sent out I don't know how many resumes. And this is one thing I will tell coaches out there, like. And I think I'm really good at it. You know, that's where I will shoot my horn. Like, if a kid reaches out to you and at least makes the effort to get your name right and know a little bit about your program, return the email. Like, it's sad. When I talk to kids nowadays, they said, uh, I've had two coaches out of 100 return yep. the email. Yep. You know, it's just, to me, that's sad. That, I mean, we're, we're supposed to be guiding these kids. And so, that's it. He didn't even tell my husband and I that he had sent this stuff out. So, he sends, like, 300 things out and nobody returns anything. So, now we're, like... Like late June going into July, I'm like, honey, you've got to get something for your resume. It just finished being a GA for Fran Dumpy, which he loved at Temple, and I'm sitting with Sue Choi at Lehigh, and Sue has a few kids, and we're just talking about our kids, and you know, I'm like, yeah, that's just trying to get in, and blah 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 blah. And she goes, well, I know the Lehigh men, you know, and that's from McCollum. McCollum was a junior at the time, and um, you know, have an opening for the video, but it doesn't pay. So I reached out to Duchess to get on this. I said, you know. Dad and I will support you. Just get on this. So he got the, the, you know, no paying job at Lehigh for the video. We had to buy him a computer because he had had his own computer. He had a great experience there. He spent a year. And that's when he got an interview. Interestingly enough, the interim coach was who he works for now, James Brega at Charlotte, was the interim coach at Orlando, and he didn't get the job there. And it was like slash video slash practice players it's so such a 6'10", and that was a new trend in the video field was mm-hmm. they wanted somebody that could also be a body, you know, and he doesn't get that. He goes out to Oklahoma Thunder, and there wasn't any jobs open. They just interviewed people, so when jobs open, they were prepared, which I thought was unbelievably smart. Yeah. Um, so now he decides to go out to Vegas that summer, and he decides, I really want to go to Pro Root, and... Um, I happened to find a tournament in Vegas, <laughs> so I could be up. <laughs> and, uh, so I go out there, and this is as a parent, which you will probably will understand one day. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting in, in, you know, in the Vegas arena in Las Vegas, and um, and I'm watching him. He, he had two setup interviews, and he had a bunch of cold calls. And I'm watching a kid that, when I saw him as a young kid, was an insecure kid, seeing him step out of his comfort zone to sit next to people and cold call them. Now he had. Back, you know, to step back a second, his junior year, my husband had encouraged him to do a project, which is a fascinating project. My son actually has encouraged me to, to to put this into a book, but he sent a letter out to all Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, all Hall of Famers, all women and men's coaches in the NCAA tournament and asked for the three qualities of a leader, what it takes to be a leader. He has a handwritten note back from from John, he's heard back from the best of the best, and he's now we've kind of put it into a you know a little version of a book right now. But um, he kind of grew a lot from that experience. And ironically, one of the ones that called him at that time prophetically was uh you know was Pop. You know called and said, "Wow, what's a kid a junior in high school doing this project?" And I mean, crazy enough, he ends up working for Pop. So he goes out to Vegas. He gets a call right before we're supposed to leave for a foreign tour at Fordham. And he he has either you know going out with Portland or you know going with San Antonio and he's like mom I'm, I'm gonna go with the, the Duke of the NBA and I knew right away that was you know, going to San Antonio and, and what an unbelievable experience he loves he loved that whole experience he ended up being the head video guy his last year he was there five years and James Borrego gets a job at Charlotte and then brings him along at Charlotte and loves James loves the whole group there and it's just been fascinating to see that growth and I'll never forget something he said to the youngest one. He said, when Coop was a freshman in high school, they were both ironically born on the same day, eleven years apart. He said, Um, Coop for the for most two minutes of my life, meaning when he called all those coaches that Vegas, I knew it could change my life. And um so he's now doing there. I mean, he, he wants to be a head coach now but go to the middle one, the middle one was a walk-on at Fordham. He started off, him and one of his teammates put together a company called Six Burrow Hoops, and they would, you know, work out kids. They coached the high school team. They they were creating an E&U team, but he, he really, like the scouting aspect of it, he, 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 he was trying to go that route, went out to Vegas, wasn't able to pick up anything, and now two years ago, it's September. I see him up in the office every day at our house, like, working on stuff, like, looking at his book. I was looking at his notebook, so analytical, and um, Dutch calls him and says there's, like, a volunteer um, internship at Miami means non-paying, because Dutch's, Dutch's internship at least covered, like, an apartment. Mm-hmm. This one was non-paying. He said, well, I can't do it unless i of dad can help me.' So, of course, we were going to do that, so it's so funny because he, he was telling us, you know, that he kept his, you know, he just, he wasn't even in the office really other than when they were on the road. So he was kind of like out of sight, you know? So mm-hmm. then, um, you know, the coach brings him in and, you know, and, and he, he, you know, Miami is just such a great organization and says, you know, coach, coach, I guess they call him. And he said, you know, it hasn't gone unnoticed how you have just worked your ass off and for nothing in return. And that's the kind of people we like. And, who became an analytics intern this year. So that's what he's doing this year, and is absolutely loving it, learning a great deal. And, you know, Miami, I guess, from what I'm learning, is Miami and and San Antonio are really two that are known to kind of advance the people in their Mm system for those networks out. Now, the last one, and and the youngest one, ironically ends up at Richmond. Now, he's, in, in my opinion, the best player of the three. And so my husband and I were kind of surprised That he wanted to go and walk on at Richmond because he was all set to go prep school, and um, because he we felt that and he felt like he wanted he could get a Division One scholarship. He was one of the only ten thousand point scorers before prep, and um, what kind of was that tweener that six three, not an unbelievable shooter, that really knew how to play. And he comes up to me and Frank and and in like April, the senior, says, you know, I. He's playing AU. He's not getting any for He's just like he's kind of down. He's like, I I think I want to go to Richmond, but he's been waitlisted because he He had the highest UK on Richmond's team. So he's a bright kid, but boards at that point he was like a three nine, but his boards weren't you know like they weren't like at that high scale. Mm -hmm. So like, honey, you like you waited for the last minute, you know? (laughs) Like, so I'm like, I called Chris Mooney and Chris has got stuff I wish I'd known because I just used my last slot for another walk on from I think so ironically. Um so we were we like, okay, I'm gonna call in every favor. Every favor I can call in. So he went to visit, called in every favor and actually it was the video guy that played it at uh that I haven't even met yet that played at Richmond. That was friends with Dutch that wrote a letter, a great letter on behalf. He was one of the best players ever played. He wrote a letter and that was that Coop over the hump. And so he was a walk on. So then this year, Chris calls me. Now, Coop is graduating early at the end of his junior year, but he's going to stay and do his master's. And he he calls me and said, Listen, your son's been invaluable. Like, he just has a great knowledge of the game. He's like, he heads up the scout, you know, he sets up the scouts. I won't have scholarships next year, but the second semester we had a kid leave it this semester. I wanted to get him a scholarship this semester. We laugh now because, of course, it's a semester that everybody's not even there for. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
0: Of I'm course. Like, it's
1: a semester. I'm like, this is bullshit. You know, like, we're getting a scholarship. <laughs> <and we're> i getting... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you so, know, But one of his coaches came up to me during the off-star break. Um... Both our boys and the ones getting married, is getting married to Mariah in August, and V.C.'s girlfriend, Claire, who's been with high school, an break, we all met in Richmond because Coop was playing VCU home, and the next day we were playing in Richmond. And one of his coaches came up to me and said, I just want you to know, like, Coop is invaluable to our team. Like, he doesn't obviously get, you know, minutes, like, seriously. He gets when they're up a lot or whatever, but he goes, invaluable to our team, and Coop. Rooms with, you know, is uh, his teammates since the freshman year, the walk-on, and then two of the top players, you know, uh, the best players in the team, and and three of them, besides Coop, were all going to graduate early. And last year, when Chris Mooney was going through some ups and downs, there was actually, a, a, you know, somebody put up a, a billboard on on sixty-four, you know, like to say, "Fire Mooney," this is a joke. And Coop was irate, and his teammates were irate. Coop went on the radio show to support Coach Mooney and. That's why this one was even more of a thing because they were one of the last four in and, yeah. um, Coop said set of coaches are back. None of us are back, you know, and that says a lot. That yeah. says a lot. Wow. Usually it's the other way around. Like, get around the coach, you know, and right. they're all like, no, we're not, we're leaving if he leaves. Um, so he wants to coach. He's hoping Dutch has a head coaching job. By the time he's out, <laughs> that's not happening. You know, you gotta obviously work a little bit, you know, stay in the game a little longer to get to that point. But, he definitely will go that route, I believe. and wouldn't be surprised if he went to college, but knowing the route the other two took, he may just jump on board to be an intern and follow the route. But it is, like, going back to what you said, they, they got it all over me last year, Blake, all over my ass. You guys shoot three. You guys <laughs> shoot three. <You> <laughs> <threes. You> <laughs> let everybody shoot. I said, Felice doesn't even hit the rim. I don't care. Let, let it ride, Mom. you got to let it ride. I'm like, whole and so like i mean i we listen to each other you know like yeah. just, you know these are great and then my middle one goes guys listen like mom has over 600
0: wins and we're telling her what to do <laughs> <laughs> oh the great balance of yes like all these numbers and you're like yeah my number is bigger than yours i like that <laughs> oh that's great uh if if you'll allow me to to pull one more story out of you um Especially since you mentioned Richmond, I, I know the story because I've read it, but for those that don't, would you mind sharing the story about when you were at Richmond and rec- recruiting Rebecca Lobo? Oh my God, this is a great,
1: this is a great it's, story. It's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story,
0: it's a great story.
1: It, this is a great story, so... Rebecca, who obviously is an outstanding player, but she's even a better person. I mean, her family was fantastic. We met all of them. I mean, they just were a great, great family. And I was shocked that we were able to get into her final five, you know, and we made the visit up there. And I think what she liked is that we were very honest with her. And I said, I didn't tell her she would start. I said, listen, I don't know if you're able to start with anything at 50 pounds. And, you know, I'm not going to guarantee you anything. Do I think you will? Yes, but I'm not going to guarantee you anything. You have to earn it. And I think she respected that. And I think she liked that we were just so honest with her. Um, so she comes to her visit, and it's Halloween weekend. And the kids go out to a Halloween party, and she went into the locker. I guess there was a coach's area, and my husband's stuff was in one of the lockers. So she takes and dresses up as him. Like puts, a, puts like, a pillow in her belly, and I puts, like, you know, I don't know, puts, you know, like a third eyebrow, whatever, so we knew right away she had a great sense of humor. So she gets done her visit. She leaves her visits. She her, kept doing a connecting visit to UVA. So what I, what I didn't know until, you know, late, you know obviously after it happened, that Frank and one of my assistants had taken like a bunch of eggs and cracked them into a plastic bag and sealed it and put it into her bag when they took her to UVA. And when she went in to untip her bag, like they said, the yolk's on you. You know, and um, <laughs> she just she thought it was hysterical. So we we stayed in the picture, and you know, I was I was you know, I thought it came down to us and and UConn. So I'm waiting for her answer. I'm waiting for her to call. So that summer, Frank and I had rented a Mercedes. You know, leased a Mercedes. It was the same price as the other car we're looking at. We're like, let's be cool for a year. Yeah. You know, we're a rich man. Let's be cool. Let's be really cool. We're really cool. So I parked in front of the Robin Center. And I go in, I'm waiting for the call, I'm waiting for the call. And she calls and says, UConn. And obviously, you know, she's like, you know what she's done for UConn, she would have done that, you know, maybe not on the same scale, obviously, but would have taken us to another level at Richmond. So sad, disappointed to say the least. I go outside and go to get the car, and it's not there. I'm like, all right, what the free. I know it's okay. I know I'm losing my mind. I know it's been a tough day, but the car was here. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to retrace the stats. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was no cell phones then. So somebody called and said, oh, um, I think one of my players, Andy Mallon, ironically, I think, said, um, I think security called and the car is in a ditch. What happened is I left it in neutral. And he had rolled down the front of the robin Instead, because my mind obviously was waving over like a logo. I rolled down, rolled across the parking you know, uh, you know where the parking area was, and rolled across the street into a ditch. wasn't damaged at all, <laughs> at all. The craziest thing, we pulled it out of the ditch, uh, but there was no
0: <laughs> Incredible!
1: <laughs> freaking car goes in a ditch. Don't get Rebecca, logo <laughs> What kind of freaking day is this? Bullshit. But um, yeah, one of my great. That was one of my fun, great recruiting uh, stories, uh, and and to this day, Rebecca is just, you know, she's awesome. I mean, I love her to death. I mean, yeah. I mean, so um, it's. You know, that's that's one of my fun recruiting stories. One that we didn't get, but you know, love the fact that we picked up our relationship and love, you know, following her now and seeing all her great success
0: and really proud of her and happy for her. Yeah. Well, I uh I appreciate that and all the stories that you've you've been will, willing to share with me. It's uh I, I really I know you've been you've been in it and you've you've seen uh a lot and I, I really appreciate you you sharing it with us. Um I'll let you I'll let you go on this, but um moving forward, obviously right now it's like you said, just kind of crazy times with everything and the world's kind of on a, on standstill and we're, we're all kind of thinking different things, but as you look into the future and, you know, presumably life gets back to normal, um, as you look at your team and your program going forward next year and just into the future, um, what is it that you guys, um, or I guess, what's the message that you'd like people to know about you and your, and your, your Fordham program?
1: You know, it's a cliche. Everybody says it, but I, I really think, you know, it's culture. It's family. It's, it's you know, you're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You know, who do you want to do it with? And that's the one big lesson I'd say to all young coaches out there, which I really believe, and I'll never forget, actually, ironically, it was Gino when he went to his final, one first final four. We were sitting around together and we're going way, 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 way on the way back train. And we're sitting around with coaches out to dinner. And, and uh, he said, you know, people make the mistake of just spending all this time on big spend the time talking to your kid. And, wow, that's so, you know, so right on spot on because I've made more time now, like, you know, the last couple of years of getting to know the kids. And it really, really made a difference. Like, just hearing them out. Like, I think that's, like, why I'm such a better coach now is because I listen to them. Like, I'll say to Bree, you know, we end up losing that PCU game last game, but I'm like, the one call, I'm like, I gave her a call and I said, is that what you want? Like, what do you want? Like, tell me, you know, I'll sit with a point guard, you know, the shot cuts down, what do you want? You know, I remember Aaron Rooney coming to me after, you know, after during the halftime of one of our dating games. The coach, I really feel with like the way they're defending. I'm like, yeah, let's go with it. You're like, listen to them, mm-hmm. you know, listen to them. You don't have to agree with them. Like I tell them in the first meeting, I will not play you all equally, but I will treat you all fairly. You'll always treat it the exact same way. And I'll love you to death, and I'll trusting you when I need to. Um, and so, I think that has built into great things. And I think you know, next year we have everybody back. We have those seniors, and um, I've decided in the last couple of years, you know, to, to create a schedule that puts us in a position that if we don't win the conference, we have a shot at large. So obviously, we didn't win enough at-large type games in our out-of-conference schedule to, to, to warrant that this year, but we're in a tournament in Virgin Islands and, you know, we feel like we're free to schedule. We go out to Notre Dame and I think there'll be much improved that, that has put us in a position to to look at that. And like I said, you know, I think we filled in, you know, some of our spots. We didn't have a ton of depth though. I think we got added some depth. We, we we're, were signing a couple of kids from overseas and, um, we also, you know, signed, you know, a couple of kids earlier that I really liked That kind of filled some needs and three commitments for 21 close to getting the last commitment for 21. And, I uh, think things are going in the right direction. I'm excited about it because, you know, especially when you get in the last part of your career, like you know, your fourth quarter so to speak, you just wanna enjoy the kids because that's my favorite part. Like I love catching up with Carly and seeing her on the road and seeing her seeing her Twitter and seeing how great she's doing and you know, that's my favorite part is seeing that their successes and seeing how that you know, life is going for them and um, like I said, Sam Clark's wedding, you know she was the, the biggest recruit we had signed here, and you know she was getting married this weekend and just catching up with her and kind of going through what she's going through with her and you know just, um, the best part. and I think you know that's been our secret recently is just getting kids getting kids you want to be with for the rest of your life not for four years that mm. you enjoy as part of your life. Um, that's a that's a that's
0: I think a big secret. Yeah. Damn. Well, I appreciate you you sharing some of your wisdom with with me today and with us, and uh, look forward to to seeing you guys back again competing for another uh, A10 championship. And I just really thanks for being so gracious with all your time today, Coach.
1: Thanks, Blake, and give both your families you know, our your love and wish you all the best through these trying times. Stay positive.
0: Well, thanks again so much, uh, Coach Gately, for sharing her stories and some of her wisdom with us. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate that. I uh, appreciate you listening to The Jump Around, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen. It's appreciated. If you can leave a rating or review wherever you do listen, that would be appreciated as well. You can find me on Twitter, always at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.